0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Brad Askew. We're not going to spend as much time on the guys that don't have as many cards uh, or autographs for that matter. The vintage hobby, you've got to have cards. So interesting, maybe they'll do an NFT for some of these guys if they can find some footage or or something to fashion together. You don't need a card. But thanks, Brad, and thanks sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards. Compsey.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So, Brad Wilkin, we're going to talk about uh, a pitcher, a hitter, an ambassador, and a pioneer. What are your insights about these guys? Any mistakes that the Hall of Fame made, or do you think it's it's about
1: time these guys got in? Uh, I definitely think it's time for Buck O'Neill. In fact, it's been overtime for him. The other gentleman that you mentioned, Bud Fowler, really didn't know about him until I saw the announcement. He was considered the first African American professional player back like in the 1860s. Pretty amazing. Here he is 160 years later going to the Hall of Fame. But that's cool. It's, I'm a little surprised he wasn't recognized when they bid, did the big Negro League induction in 2007. Where the, the first uh, Negro Leaguer that had gone in was Satchel Paige back in 71. Then they did a few more here and there. And in 2007, they did a new committee and they put in 15 more 15 players. Yeah. yeah, something like that from that era. The crime of that and what angered me at that time was Buck O'Neill, who was still alive at the time, was a major influence on that committee. Yeah. And they didn't put him in then when he was alive. He actually was on the stage you know, talking about all these people that summer when they put in those 15 or so of his brethren from the Negro Leagues. Wasn't himself elected and then died many months later, which was just tragic. I think the Hall of Fame realized at that time we goofed on this. And they actually created the Buck O'Neill Award, which they give out every two, three years to various people just for their contributions to baseball. I know Joe Garagiola got it one year. So it was nice to establish that award for him. I was glad, but I was still frustrated that he hadn't gotten in, especially when he was alive. Buck was an amazing ambassador for baseball. He had been a prominent person on the Ken Burns baseball documentary from 1994. He was Interviewed in that a lot, and he was already known, but really came introduced back to the American public. If that makes sense, what do you I just
0: think? Uh, both those guys, the, the the Bud Fowler and and uh, Buck O'Neill. I'm not sure they were mentioned as being the greatest players. Yeah, mm-hmm. but now when you look back and you look at the Hall of Fame, and especially with the older Hall of Famers that people didn't see play, and there's not a lot of video, what you have with both those guys is the opportunity for a really interesting plaque. Yeah, really detail the contribution. Contributors uh, may have been good players, but I have no problem with the Hall of Fame having a place for people that didn't even play. There are other types right. of
1: executives, but I think great. you're right. I don't really know anything about Bud Fowler other than he was the first. I don't know how great a player or good a player he was. With Buck, I agree with you. It seems he was considered to be a very good Negro League player, not among the very best, yeah. but very well respected. I think his stature grew throughout his life. for a number of reasons. He was a coach in the major leagues, which was very cool in the 50s and 60s. He was also a scout. He scouted and signed Ernie Banks, which is a pretty big contribution to baseball. He also did the baseball with Ken Burns, which was huge in 94. And he also was one of the prominent people that got the Negro League Hall of Fame in Kansas City open. He was very prominent in that, which uh, I haven't visited, but I really want to one day. It looks amazing and when you hear various things, I've seen Bob Kendrick, who's the president of the Negro League Hall of Fame, talk about Buck and his contributions. And look at the, they've got a statue of Buck there along with a lot of the other great Negro Leaguers out on the field. Josh Gibson and Cool Papa Bell and all the rest of them. Buck was thought of in that way as a manager as well as a player. So just on the field as a player, Buck O'Neill probably does not Hall of Fame, but his overall contributions as an ambassador is really huge from that standpoint. A quick story I have about him, which is very personal to me. In 2003, my wife and I were in Cooperstown for the Hall of Fame inductions for Eddie Murray, who, of course, is my favorite player. We were on the streets in Cooperstown the day before the inductions, and we were just there with the crowd, a lot of people on the street. And all of a sudden, Buck comes walking out of a building. I don't know if he'd been doing an autograph session or what he was doing, but he comes walking out, and he's walking right towards us. And we noticed right away how this... Snazzy dressed, he was. I mean, he was just dapper and dressed to the you know, crisp blue dress shirt, white suspenders, red bow tie. I mean, he's looking sharp as he could be. And then you know, here he is in his early 80s. But anyway, he comes walking up towards us and he catches sight of my wife and says, Hey there, pretty lady. And it was just such a cool moment. And he just had to go on. I guess they were, you know, moving on. I think he had people with the hand horse with him and taking him on wherever. And when he walked away, my, I don't even think my wife knew who he was, but it was kind of like, I'm enamored by with that. that guy's cool. And, I looked at her and said, that's Buck O'Neill. And I think I had to explain to her who he was. But so ever since then, if I say the phrase, hey, there, pretty lady to my wife, she gets a big grin. And and we both just adore Buck and, and have for all these years. That's part of the reason that it's was so exciting for me. And quite frankly, emotional to see him finally get in last night. That Buck is somebody
0: that I think I'm going to have to put on my wall. I'm not sure yeah. what card. But I didn't have him on my wall in the first iteration that I did five years ago. But I'm in the process of
1: updating my wall. You you saw Ernie Banks uh, outside my right ear here. Yep, there he is. I don't think he had any vintage cards in that era at all that I'm aware of. So it all would have to be modern. One that I can think of, the 2001 Fleer Greats. There's a lot of autos from that set, which are cool. Okay.
0: What about uh, Jim Cott and Tony Oliva? They're different in respect that I don't think that collectors really... Trusted that they would eventually get in the Hall of Fame. They thought maybe they would, but their cards really haven't bid up. They had opposite career trajectories in the sense that he had sustained fielding excellence, but he was a good pitcher for a really long time. And Tony Oliva was a great hitter for a short period of time. His knees just gave out or he just couldn't run. He
1: could hit with one leg. I think the greatest thing about those two is that they are at this moment, let's hope to goodness they make it for another year or two at least, They're both still alive, which is wonderful, because you've got six people from these uh, quote-unquote veterans committees that have been elected, and four of them are long gone. And so it's great that two of them are still alive and are there to hear that they're Hall of Famers now and to hopefully stand on that stage and deliver a speech. And that would be wonderful for Jim Cott. Cott, I've known of Cott for a long time because he's been in broadcasting my whole life. I remember him a little bit as a player, obviously, in the late 70s, early 80s when he was winding down. And he's been in broadcasting with ESPN and other networks since the mid-80s, I believe. He's been around a long time. He's been in the game. He was always one of those pitchers that he has a pretty impressive win total, and it gets more and more impressive all the time. And with today's day and age, nobody's going to win 300 games again, I doubt, with the starting relievers and all the craziness. People aren't going to pitch long enough and mean enough starts. to. He won 283 games, I think, which is pretty impressive. He won sixteen Gold Gloves, which is an amazing amount of Gold Gloves. That's Ozzie Smith and Brooks Robinson territory, I would say, as a pitcher.
0: But he's probably in the common bins for anything. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Anything other yeah. than a rookie or some high number thing, he's probably priced at common level or slightly above, and even
1: now, maybe a little more. But right. Oh, I've picked up at various shows when I've seen a '68 cod or this or that through the years. I've picked him up for a buck or two just to. Hey, that's a 1968. At the time, you'd think of him as a semi-star or a minor star. Obviously, Beckett guide vernacular, but, but I, I don't to know me, that that that's ever, worth picking up. That wouldn't have been listed in the magazine. Oh no, he yeah, you're right. Probably what his rookie, and I don't even know if his second, third, fourth cards would have been listed, up, especially sure. as the years went on, and and you had less and less space.
0: Now, uh, Cot is probably 80, and 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 Oliva slightly younger.
1: Was he mid 60s a rookie or 63? Okay which 63 is a nice set. Is it one of the four? Or is it yeah, got a yeah. Four floating heads. Floating head card. Okay. Yeah, I don't own He's that one. That's the rookie one. trophy in 64. I got you. Yeah, I think I vaguely remember that one. I don't have many Oliva cards. He was another one that, you know, I was aware of him back in the 80s and in the 90s when my dad and I were collecting sets. I was certainly aware of him as a, quote, star or a minor star. But like you said, he was always one of those, oh, yeah, he's probably – he's a notch or two or three below, quote, Hall of Fame, as I've yeah, gotten older. Man. I know, but know,
0: he got three, his three batting titles.
1: Which is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's just, like, uh, He didn't have the compilation stats. He didn't play long enough to get 2,500 hits or 3,000 hits. And I don't think he was a big power guy. I think he was more of a medium power guy. Is that is – that, Yeah, but it's you – know, you're hitting off one leg. You're not going to hit too many. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, but a, I, bat, I he was think a bad
0: ball hitter. He could yeah. stroke it.
1: Maybe. He, I would think he's a lot like your favorite Clemente and that he was a good power, but not 40 homer kind of guy, way over 300 batting average. Okay. Would you rather have
0: a shorter, more excellent career like Tony Oliva or a right. longer, not mediocre, because there was sustained excellence on right. some right. level, but uh, right. take the money out of it? Because obviously, if you have a 25 year career, you're going to make more money than a 10 year right. career. I've always thought if I could be the Sandy Koufax, that once I found my gift, I wrote it until my arm fell off. And just right. was the best pitcher in baseball and then walked away rather than Jim Cott, who was also an outstanding pitcher and a main right. the other thing, Brad, he's probably going against the top pitchers on the other teams, too. Oh, yes, man.
1: he was probably the number one, I would say.
0: Yeah.
1: Then yeah. as he got older, he was I think he became a reliever and everything else in his in his very end days. I've,
0: I've thought that collectors probably appreciate the meteoric excellence more than the sustained pretty good, the Roger Maris thing, the Dale Murphy thing, where those guys have two MVPs, both in a row, yet they're not in the Hall of Fame, and they're way more respected than Cott or even Oliva, for sure.
1: Uh, That's probably true, and you're right. And And they're probably probably, not going
0: to get in the Hall of Fame, even though I think you could make a case.
1: Maris was actually on this ballot and didn't get in. I I didn't see the ballot totals exactly. I don't remember how close or if he got any votes. I would hope maybe Murphy may get in one of these days. There's always a discussion of, are you a small hall guy or a big hall guy? And i have leaning more towards small hall. But as I've gotten older, I thought, make it bigger and get more guys in, especially these kind of guys. There is no harm in having a clap for Jim Cott hanging there and him having his day in the sun. I am A-OK with that.
0: I thought Harold Baines was fun to watch. But when they put Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame, that right. made it a big hall. Yeah, so I think I a really He's- good
1: player. Really he good. was. I, I love Baines. He was actually a favorite player of mine when he went the Hall of Fame. I was like, whoa, that's surprising. Yeah, so that, you're right.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if Eddie Murray wasn't your favorite player, how many Harold Baines would it take for you to for one Eddie Murray? Ten? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no comparison. Even yeah, though they're both Hall of Famers now, probably pretty similar age, Baines slightly younger.
1: Yeah, but there's uh, no yeah.
0: comparison right. in Hobby Love or Brad you okay. Love or right. for, for Eddie Murray. No, you know, but that's right. always been a pecking order in the Hall of Fame. You get a sports card insight. Just because you're in the Hall of Fame doesn't mean you have instant, huge popularity. You probably yeah, have more that's... popularity than you would have had. And there yeah. are some Hall of Fame collectors that are going to try to get a rookie card or a good card from every Hall of Famer or an autograph.
1: Bob Casas was talking. He said Maris and, and Mari Wills probably were more famous for what they did in the early 60s and late 50s were very famous and very prominent, and they're more historical, but that doesn't mean that they're, quote, Hall of Famers by the numbers, so to speak. But, but Roger Maris is way more known than a lot of people that are in the Hall of Fame. Mari Wills might be more well-known than some of the people in the Hall of Fame. But there's different degrees there of fame and accomplishment sometimes are two different things. Not that they're not accomplished as well, but Maris only had, what, 275 homers hit 260 or something, even though he had two or three amazing years and won two MVPs, Murphy, yeah, a little bit more sustained. So you're right, but Murphy is way more popular and gets way more hobby love than than a lot of players that are now in the Hall of Fame. Well,
0: Antonio Leiva and Jim Cott put together. So agree, even oh, no. though they're good guys, but you're trying to figure out what's the you know Cott's rookie is sixty tops, right? You're
1: right. It is sixty. Yeah, 60 he's got top. one of the rookie. I don't remember it's that one, one of that the, the, the yellow cards. I'm thinking.
0: Other than a rookie card for Cotton Oliva, whereas Gil Hodges, he's got several good cards. You've got his two different Bowman and top 52 uh, rookies, but I don't think people are chasing a lot of many Minoso cards. But Ol- Oliva and Cotton, I just don't think they're going to get a lot of card hobby love. I
1: agree. And part <laughs> and, of that may be the market. Different. Yeah, they're both Minnesota and and Puckett had his run there, but probably not that many Minnesota players have been uber popular in the hobby. I would say Killebrew and Puckett are probably one and two, and these guys would be three, four, or four, five, or somewhere along those lines, probably, in in that pecking order. If Cott's career had been five years shorter, he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And if
0: Oliva had gone five more years of excellence, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Quite possibly. Absolutely. No injuries. He just plays five more years at his peak. And you can right. say the same thing for Murphy and Maris. Five more right. great years, or really good years.
1: Yeah, solid years, even. Solid yeah.
0: years. But thanks, Brad. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man
1: in the